Happy New Year, everybody. And on today's show, we're going to discuss, will it be a new year for Justin Steele or will it hopefully be just more of the same? Let's go. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Welcome in, everybody. And like I said, happy new year. Hope everybody had a nice holidays and uh, you know, are getting back to whatever they needed to get back to this week. I spent some time at, of course, Matt's wedding this weekend. Want to share a few tidbits from that. Uh, and Matt will be back next week at this time. He is currently now on his honeymoon, but it was a great time. I posted some stuff on uh, Twitter or X, whatever. Uh, we did a, a take me out to the ball game bit, a little go Cubs go played, but, but in all seriousness, and you know, I was actually talking to Matt at the wedding and he, he told me he may not even be able to watch some of these shows. So Maybe I should save this to him, but I, I want it to be in public as well. Uh, it was just great. I really enjoyed seeing Matt in that environment. Matt spoke beautifully. Um, you know, his his wife Kira looked fantastic. It was just it was a it was just a really good time, and it was just great to see Matt. He he even made a joke before he started to speak about how you know he's a little nervous because he's not used to be being in front of a mic, which I thought was great. And I was able to spend some more time with his friends who are just. Uh, just awesome guys. And so it was, uh, it was a great time. Great way to bring in the new year. And, uh, Matt will be back next week. And as you guys, as you guys know, for, uh, we we've marketed it a bunch, but next week will also be our, uh, Cubs and Grub event. Uh, Wednesday, January 10th, St. Charles Arcata theater, catch Matt and myself there. Uh, seven to nine. If you haven't got tickets already, get them. If you can't make that, then come to the February 7th one in Des Plaines. It'll be a very good time. But now it's time to talk business. And the Cubs have not done any business or not created any business. And everybody at the wedding yesterday was coming up to me, Sam, when are the Cubs going to make some moves? Sam, what are you going to talk about on the show? Sam, are we punting 2024? Sam, Sam, Sam. And my answer was, let me get a regular Coke. When's the food coming out? Is there dessert on the way? Because I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Do I think the Cubs are going to make moves? Of course I do. One of the reasons I'm struggling with projecting 24s because I don't want to waste everyone's time because the roster that we see right now is not going to be the roster soon at some point there's no way so we're waiting for those big moves so in the meantime 
Last week, we covered some wildcard guys, Christopher Morell, Javier Assad. Then we talked with Lindsay about some minor league guys. Then we talked about the New Year's resolutions for the core guys. And for today, I wanted to take one of those core guys and dig a little bit deeper and, and really talk about what his resolution was for me, which was more of the same in 24, and that's Justin Steele. So I looked at some numbers today on New Year's Day. My Christmas Day was spent uh, reading up on numbers of Christopher Morell and Javier Assad, and my New Year's Day was Justin Steele. I, I want to talk about Steele because I, I just I think there's a you know a, an interesting element with him. Him and Bellinger were the backbones of the Cubs last year. Without either of those two guys, it was a mid seventies win team. And we can't really discuss Bellinger because we don't know when he's going to be on the team, if he's going to be on the team, and and when he is, we'll do the same episode. But I think one concern that many Cub fans have is, hey, you won 83 games last year and you got a ton of great performances. And some of those are going to be tough to replicate. And one of them is Justin Steele's. However, after digging into the numbers, it's not really inconceivable for Justin Steele to have a very similar season that then uh, that he had in 2023 and 2024. So that's what I want to dive into. You know, is Justin Steele a true number one? I hate that debate. Because it all it, it depends what else you have on this team. He's the truest of true number ones right now. If they go and get a Jordan Montgomery, is it a one A one B thing? Yeah, probably with Steele being the incumbent and, and and the one A, but Montgomery having the postseason experience. I, I don't think that stuff's really necessary anymore. It, it used to be, you know, when when Pedro Martinez was pitching and Clemens was pitching and these guys were going seven, eight innings, no matter what, those were the real horses, the one, a guys. I don't think, I, I just think in today's game, the, the cliche of, you know, true number one, I just don't think that's a real thing anymore. Um, I just think you're looking for as many top sort of guys that you can get as many quality starts as you can get. And obviously Justin Steele fits that bill. So let's dive in to Justin Steele's 2023 nerd addition numbers wise. And the, the big thing that pops off the screen when you talk about what changed for Justin Steele, how did, how did he become one of the top starting pitchers in baseball? And it's a simple statistic. I don't even have to explain it to anybody. It's walk rate. Justin Steele went from in 2021 and 2022 to walking about 10% of the guys that he faced. And in 2023, cut that in half to 5%. Now that may not seem like a lot to you, but if you just do the math, every 100 guys he faced, five less guys are getting on. He was walking 10 out of 100. He cut that in half to five out of 100. That makes your life a lot easier, especially Justin Steele, who you know does tend to pitch to contact. I'll get to his strikeouts in a minute. And, and so, you know, when you limit the traffic, you limit damage. And with Steele, he, he's kind of a unicorn in a, in a couple of ways. One of them statistically is that he does not get a lot of whiffs, right? His whiff rate of about 24% is significantly below league average, but his strikeout rate of about 25% is above league average. That's very, that's very unique. Usually to get strikeouts, you have to have a high whiff, whiff rate, but Steele, you know, what he just does is attacks early in the count. And if you watch Justin Steele, it makes sense. He attacks early, he gets a lot of foul balls, and then he gets to two strikes. And when he gets to two strikes, he has a really good chase rate, right? Guys swing at pitches that aren't strikes against him to get out of the zone. And that's how he gets his case. 
And the other thing that makes him kind of a unicorn, and, and we've heard a lot of people talk about this. I mean, Boog talks about it every broadcast, is he's really a two-pitch pitcher, right? He's got a fastball and a slider, but it's really kind of four pitches because he has two versions of his fastball. One's a straight fastball, and then one's that cut-ride fastball that comes you know, up and in to righties that, that creates a lot of weak contact. And then he has two sliders. One of his sliders is kind of like a get me over slider where if a guy's looking slider and he's like, I'm going to spit on this slider, it's going to land in the zone. And then his best pitch is that wipeout, you know, sweeping slider. That's probably his strongest pitch. If, if you're thinking of what that is, picture Justin Steele pitching to a righty. Uh, Jan Gomes is set up inside to that righty and the ball just ends up low and, and in kind of like a back foot slider that guys swing at very often against Steele. So, the sustainability here, I think, is very strong. The only concerns that I would have with Steele heading into next year is it's going to be hard to maintain that walk rate. Like if if it jumps up even like seven and a half, eight percent, that's going to you know do some damage to his ERA. And then the other thing with Steele is that last year, for about eighty percent of the season, he did an awesome job keeping the ball in the park. He did not give up many home runs. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Kyle Hendricks, Justin Steele, Jacob DeGrom, uh, any any pitcher. If you keep guys off the bases with walks, so you, you, you limit your free passes and you limit home runs, you're going to have success. It, it just doesn't matter what your profile is. It just doesn't matter. It, it is just, it's such, baseball is such a hard game. It is very challenging over the course of 162 games, or in, in Justin Steele's case, like 30 starts, for offenses to string hit after hit after hit on you. It just is, right? And so every now and then you're going to have those outings where balls find holes, broken bats, whatever, you give up five runs. But over the course of the year, if you limit walks and you limit homers, you're going to find overall some of success. Justin Steele did that really well. However, towards the end of the year, the home run started to creep up. So if you're looking towards, if you want to be cynical and say, hey, I just don't see it with Justin Steele, how is he going to be really good in 24? Again, that seemed fluky. The answer would be there's probably, he's probably not going to have a walk rate of 5%. Um, and, and, you know, his home run rate might go up. So if both those go up, you know, instead of like a 3.06 ERA, maybe you're looking at the mid threes. I would argue that it is sustainable. Uh, he, he attacks the zone. He has a formula. I also think he's, he could get more whiffs. Uh, he could be a little bit more creative. And, you know, when you look at steel, like guys don't barrel him up, right? Guys don't hit the ball hard off of him. He's got a really good defense behind him. My, my conclusion would be, I think last year is probably close to the best version of Justin Steele You're going to see, like, I, I would be surprised if he took another jump of improvement, but I also would say that, you know, I don't think he's going to have a major year of regression. This isn't a Javier Assad thing. If I had to handicap where I think Steele will be next year, probably, you know, right around, I would say between three, his ERA between three and maybe like 340, you know, somewhere in there. You know, I know that's not the greatest thing in the world. That's, you know, but he ended up with a 306. I think solid. Just, I, I just think he's going to be very solid. I think, him and Jordan Montgomery are, are very similar type pitchers, which is why I would love uh, to have Jordan Montgomery uh, on the team. But, um, you know, I, I just think to me with, with Steele, it's, you know, it, it's very sustainable. 
It's very solid. And I think we can expect very good things from Justin Steele in 2024. And listen, you never know, you know, and that's why I am so bullish, I guess is the right word. Maybe it isn't, but, but just, I really want the Cubs to sign another guy because, you know, just with Steele and Hendricks and Tyone and Assad and Wicks. And even if Horton comes up, I just, I just think Justin Steele in a great rotation is just one of your better guys, you know, to have him be the guy to have him be like, well, we know we got Steele. I think that's a little bit too much pressure on him, but you know, if you have Steele and then you just add, even if it's a Shane Bieber, even if it's a Jordan, Mon- if it's a Jordan Montgomery, even it's, if it's an Imanaga, just somebody that, you know, can match Steele's level. It just changes the complexion of the rotation. But, you know, I think, I think Steele is going to be, you know, I think he's going to be Justin Steele and I think he's going to be just fine. And the point of that I'm trying to make is I think it's very easy to go, well, gosh, Steele was great last year and Jan Gomes was great last year and Bellinger was great last year. How are we ever going to, you know, replicate that? And, and it's easy to say, but the point of this is I did the numbers and I think it's very repeatable. Uh, he just has to continue limiting walks and limiting home run balls and everything else will fall into place for Justin Steele. And one thing I do think we know no matter what is opening night, Thursday night in Arlington on ESPN, Justin Steele will be taking the ball. And I think we all feel really good about that. Coming up next, we'll take a quick look around the MLB with a Cubs update and talk about the week ahead. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season has one week left. We're going to talk about that in a second. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. The Chicago Bears have one of the most fascinating decisions coming up, maybe in, in the team's history. Do you keep Justin Fields? Do you trade him and use the number one overall pick on Caleb Williams? What do you do? Do you trade the pick? It's going to be interesting, but I will say I'm going to be making my bet on FanDuel this Sunday. Bears at Lambeau Field. Packers season on the line. Give me the Bears plus three points. I think they have momentum and confidence. Kind of reminds me of the Lions going into Lambeau last year, that last game of the year. I'm excited to see that game. It's going to be great. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and finish off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the LockedOn Podcast Network and the National Football League. We are back here on Locked on Cubs. And, you know, I really I really don't have much in terms of the hot stove. I, I think it's – I'm so tired of saying that phrase, hot stove. Ugh, gosh. Look, it's so funny how it's all played out. Remember when Otani was, was holding up the market? He's back. Yeah, he's, he signed. No one else really has. No Bellinger. No Chapman. Then it was Yamamoto. Remember, once Yamamoto signs, it's all going to start going. Well, Giolito finally signed. Uh, Imanaga hasn't. Montgomery hasn't. Snell hasn't. 
I have no idea. I have no idea how long this is going to go. Um, the Lucas Giolito deal with Boston I thought was interesting. Because of the Cubs' prospects coming up, like a Cade Horton, I really was intrigued by like short-term deals with high AAV, so I wouldn't have hated that Giolito deal on paper, but I'm just not really a big fan of Lucas Giolito. I'm just not. I'm just not a huge fan of him, so I'm okay with the Cubs not going there, but I, I'm really getting kind of tired of saying, well, I'm okay with not doing that deal. I'm okay with not doing that deal. I'm okay with not doing that deal. At some point, I would like to make a deal. The big one I was reading on today, you know, we for those that don't know, with Be- it looks like the Cubs right now are pretty close to the favorites with Bellinger and Reese Hoskins. In terms of pitching, we haven't heard a thing. I haven't heard anything. I have no idea what the Cubs are working on with their pitching. That's my concern. I would be shocked if they didn't land at least one of Reese Hoskins and Cody Bellinger. Um, I think they need to add both uh, just to have a fighting chance offensively. But the the one guy I am kind of interested in the offensive market is Matt Chapman. Because I was really, I was reading about it. I was reading kind of, you know, who the favorites are because it's it's really feels like the Giants and Cubs again. You know, the Giants are the favorites. And I was just thinking, I think that's the type of deal that is very challenging for Jed to make right now because Matt Chapman would help the Cubs in 2024. There's no question about it. They have a hole at third. He's the best defensive third baseman in the league, unless you want to say Arenado still is. Uh, if you look at all his rate stats last year, he got really unlucky. He's probably due for a decent season offensively. The problem is I think the Cubs really like Matt Shaw. And I think by 2025, they think Matt Shaw could be up and ready to go. So if you do make a big deal for Matt Chapman, you'd have to think it'd be, it's like a five, six year deal. You know, I get it. You might be able to move Matt Shaw around, but you know, does that mean Matt Shaw is expendable? So like, if you sign match, if you sign uh, Matt Chapman, you know this offseason, then do you just say, "Hey, Matt Shaw's value is really high right now. Let's put him in a bigger in a, in a bigger deal and then really go for it." I just don't think Jed is ready to do that type of stuff yet, and that's why. Because I, I I was reading and people were saying to me like, "Hey, you think we're going to get Chapman?" That's just why I don't think the Cubs are going to get Matt Chapman. I think they really like Matt Shaw, and I just don't I don't know when we're going to see him. I'd be surprised if it was this year, maybe. He gets really hot again and comes up in 2025. You see him, so you can't really make a five, six-year investment on third baseman if you think that you have one um, that's going to be just as good, if not better, than him for you know billions of dollars less. You know, exaggeration, obviously, but you know what I mean. So I think those tricky things. I think the Reese Hoskins thing is probably tricky for Jed because he really wants Pete Alonso next year in free agency, so he doesn't want to go to a second year for Reese Hoskins. You know, those type of things, kind of managing. How much do you put into 2024 and how much do you keep in your back pocket for 2025 and beyond is what the Cubs are struggling with. I am I am not trying to defend them at all. I, I just think it's unbelievably ridiculous that they haven't done one thing yet. I'm not asking for the world, but just the reliever, some sort of anything, uh, I think just needs to get done this week just for the fans' sake. I mean, the Cubs are, are literally literally the only team in major league baseball to not add a major league player right now. So week ahead, uh, just three shows this week. So we will have two more for the week. I'm hoping we have something to talk about one, 
One show will be hot stove related. You know, we'll get into Bellinger, Hoskins, Chapman, maybe just break all of them down, do a ranking of of who makes the most sense with dollars and fit wise talk pitching market. And then the other show will be something like today where we take one of our core guys, evaluate his season, see where he can improve and where he cannot. Moral of this show is have a great, uh, I hope you had a great new year. Justin Steele, I'm not worried about Justin Steele. I think he's going to be very good for the Chicago Cubs for a very long time. Continue to stay healthy. Continue to attack the zone. Weak contact. Keep the ball in the park. And Justin Steele will be a top two guy for the boys in blue for a very long time. Uh, I will catch you guys uh, tomorrow. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week. And you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Lockdown Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We're also on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on Sirius XM. I'm Sam Olber, and this was the first episode of 2024 of Lockdown Cubs. Hopefully it's a great year for us all.